14 and 25, these words are penned. Now a great multitude went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then drop down to verse number 33. Verse number 33 says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Dear Master, we thank you and we praise you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. And Lord, we thank you for the magnificence of your word and how your word is designed uh, to make us whole to God. Now, I use your servant as you see fit. Hide me behind the cross that men like see less of me and more of thee. Bless that person that don't know you, that when the invitation is extended, they'll come to know you before it's everlasting too late. And we give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we continue this series of studies that we have been engaged in on uh, discipleship, I want to talk to you from the subject, the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. Uh, it's important that we as the people of God know that if we're going to be followers of Christ, it comes with the cost. It comes with the cost. You, you have to be willing to give up some stuff if you're going to follow Christ. You're going to have to be willing to give up some people if you are to be a disciple of Christ. Unlike salvation, salvation is free. Salvation, we, we did nothing uh, to get it. We can't uh, do anything uh, to keep it. It's all because of Jesus we're saved. But in order to be a disciple, you got to pay a cost. You got to pay a cost. And the thing about uh, costs, costs requires you to give up something uh, that you take ownership in. And it's, it's hard a lot of times for us to pay the cost. Amen. Y'all, we bargain hunters. We like to get uh, things at a discount price. We like to find things when they're on sale. We like bargains. It's hard for us to always pay pay the full cost. We like to feel like we done got over, we done got by. We, 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 we just like that later on that commercial that says, honey, start the car! Because <laughs> we, we like to, to get things at, at a steal, at a bargain. But the fact about it, we know, need to understand that discipleship comes with, with the cost. 
and, and Jesus uh, shares uh, with us here in this text that it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. I, I need to let somebody know that if you uh, desire to follow Jesus, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. And, and you know, uh, anything that's worth having is worth working for. for. Those, those things that uh, we place value in doesn't, doesn't come cheap. And that's Jesus. He, he wants us to know that if you're going to follow me, you got to pay the cost. Y'all got time for this this morning? Listen to what Jesus says to this multitude in uh, Luke chapter 14 and, and verse number 26. He says, if anyone comes to me, First of all, we need to understand that in order to become a disciple of Christ, you must come to Jesus. Now, don't take that for granted. Because what I've come to discover is that a lot of people come to church, but they don't come to Jesus. Amen. It's a lot of people Sunday after Sunday, go through routine and ritual at church, but never do they take time to worship the Lord. Amen, amen, because reality is uh, we come to church looking for something from the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Jesus says that, that anyone that comes to me, and that's important uh, that, 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 that we uh, understand and uh, digest the urgency of coming to the one who has everything. Everything. We all have a need. And he has everything. And he says that if you come to me, if you make up in your mind, that you want to live for the stop playing, stop perpetrating, stop acting but when you decide you want to give your life to the Lord understand everybody that says hallelujah and amen has not yet come to the Lord we have a greater commitment to the people of God than we have to the Lord himself. And you know why I say that? Because let the wrong person in the church make you mad. Amen. You'll stop coming to church because somebody in the church made you mad. And so that's why it's very important. That we understand that we, the command is to come to him. To come to Jesus. To come out of the world. Yeah, it takes effort to come to Jesus. We must let go of the world and all that it has to offer if we are truly coming to Jesus. He says, come. He says, if you come to me, and he does not hate. Jesus says, when you, if you come to me, 
and you want to be my disciples, you have to hate those that are closest to you. Now that's strong. Get from me Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Because that strong language that Jesus uses there. Because in actuality, it really doesn't represent the Lord at all. Because when you think about hate and Jesus, that's as far as day and night. In fact, we wouldn't expect for Jesus to have such a word in his vocabulary unless it had to do with evil. And Jesus says to you and I that anyone that comes to me has to hate those that are that are closest to him. He says mother and father and and wife and children and sisters. He says, he says, hate. And you know, since God is love, we really can't relate to him in a form of hate. And so this, 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 this word, this term must mean something than dislike. Amen. Because do understand that the Lord does not command us to dislike anybody, but to love everybody. So he says here in our text that if you're going to be my disciple, you must love less those that are closest to you. Now still, that's a tough pill to swallow. Because how would the Lord expect me to have less love for the ones that he's given to me? I mean, y'all, think about it. It's, it's your father, it's your mother, it's your spouses, it's your children whom you seem to have the most love for. <laughs> Amen. That's the truth. Because y'all, we'll take from God and give to them. Amen. Fact about it, to those that we love the most, we'll give to them before we give to God. And God, Jesus says, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because if you are to be my disciples, nothing and no one is to come between me and thee. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse number 34, what does the Bible say? Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Hold, hold it right there. Hold it. Hold, 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 hold it right there. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. And Jesus says, uh, I don't think that I've come to bring peace. Oh, that messed me up right there because in a couple of months, all over our communities, all over our city, all over our country, we'll see signs around Christmas that says peace on earth. And we use that terminology to express why Jesus came to bring peace on earth. But tell the truth, he didn't come to do that at all. Read. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Whoa. 
See, that's why, that's why Brother Hampton says, be educated, people of God, because we need to know what thus said the Lord. He says, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Read. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father. He says, I've come to set man, a son against his father. Read. And the daughter against her mother. The daughter against her mother. Read. And the daughter-in-law against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Read. And the man's foes shall be they of his own household. He said, the fact of the matter is, when I, I've come that you might receive me and separate yourself from those you love the most. Amen. Because the fact of the matter is, those that we love the most are the ones that separate us the most from God. Come here, parents. The game is on Sunday. Enough said. I ain't talking about the cowboys. I'm talking about your little ones. See, it's some things that we as disciples of Christ have to set as priority. And priority is on Sunday serving the Lord. Y'all, it has to come a time that we say no. They can't go. Amen. Amen. Okay, that ain't you. That ain't you. Let you just, just if you'd have got a phone call just last night and found out that Big Mama was coming this morning, you probably got up, prepared breakfast, and stayed at home. Because what happens is those who we love, those that are closest to us have a, 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 a tight knot, a tight niche. It's, it, it's tight. And Jesus says, I've come to bring a sword that I can create some division, not so y'all can be apart, but that I can come in. The real reason that the Lord can't get to some of us is because some, some of our folk are in the way. We got some family members, some relationships, some relationships. They stand in the way. That's why the Bible talks about us being equally yoked. Don't let the, the righteous be unequally yoked with the unrighteous. Why? Because they'll stand in the way. And Jesus would have you and I to know that the closest relationship we need to have is not with family, but with him. But with him, if you are to be a disciple of Jesus, you must sever some relationships. Not, not leave them, but leave room. Don't miss that. He doesn't mean for us to leave our loved ones, but leave room. Because think about it. 
Why is it that we get so close to that which don't belong to us anyway? <laughs> Y'all ever notice how we act when we lose the one we love? <laughs> okay, you've never been in love before. <laughs> I mean, real love. That kind of love that you can't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. And when you sleep, you smiling and you ain't even dreaming. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, okay, maybe I need to go a little further. The way you used to feel about her or him before y'all got married. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe you didn't get married. Maybe you lost the one you love along the way. Maybe they left you. And the blues singer said, it hurt. It hurt hurt. When you lose the one you love, it hurts. It hurts. Sometimes it hurts so bad that we'll separate ourselves from God. I never understood why it was that when we have death in our families, instead of coming to church where we find healing, we stay away from church and deal with the pain. That don't make sense. If it's healing in the Lord, why would you stay away? That's, that's, that's what, y'all, he's, what he's really doing is looking out for us. Y'all don't see that? Because if we develop a closer relationship with him than we do anybody else, when they leave us, whether they leave us on feet or leave us in a hearse, we won't fall apart and want to die ourselves. We'll just turn to Jesus and say, be with me, Lord. And so he says, he says, if you want to, if you want to be my, my disciple, he says, you have to come to me and you have to allow some space between those that you love for me to get in. But then in verse number seven, he says, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Get first Peter two and and 24 and, uh, and Romans 6 and 1. He says, he says, he says, uh, if you don't take up your cross. Now, one of the greatest uh, 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 confusions we have here is the cross. Because we have this concept that we are to go through life bearing a cross. I mean, because when we read about us and the cross, generally in our mind, we start thinking about suffering and pain and illness and, and hurt and, and different, different, different things that we go to. And we conclude, this is my cross. 
and I just have to bear it. But that ain't so. Because why would Jesus, who's a burden bearer, let you carry all them burdens around by yourself? See, that ain't what that means at all. We have to go back. We have to go back to the Eastern culture when, when Jesus when Jesus first uh, uh, said this, when he first spoke this to the multitude. And, and, and in, in Roman culture, uh, uh, cross-bearing or, or crucifixion was a common way of execution. Uh, do understand, Jesus was not the first person to be crucified. Many, many people before Jesus was crucified. And many people after Jesus was crucified because crucifixion was a, a form of, of execution. And, 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 and before the, the guilty party uh, was crucified, he had to carry his cross on his shoulder, making his way to the place where the crucifixion was to occur. And by him bearing that cross, not only Jesus bore the cross, but everybody that was crucified bore a cross. And by them bearing that cross, it gave witness to everyone that saw them with that cross on their shoulder to know that that person was about to die. Because of their sin, they were about to die. Because of their sin, they, they bore their cross and they told everybody that they had sinned. And they were about, about to die. And he wanted, and understand, they didn't read this. They were told this. And what he wanted the multitude to understand is if you want to be my disciple, you have to follow me until you die. Until you die. Because reality was they were getting ready to find out that being a disciple of Christ was deadly. Christians were being killed. They were being killed. And when he says to them, you have to take up your cross, he's literally saying that you have to follow me knowing you're going to die. Now that's difficult. That's difficult because, because that ain't Jesus. <laughs> at least, at least, at least that ain't how we know Jesus. Amen. Because uh, Jesus uh, doesn't bring death, but he brings life. Amen. And so, and, and, and so that, that has to mean something different for us. Because y'all, we're not living in an Eastern culture. And we don't put a cross, you know, uh, a crucifixion uh, uh, back then was as we compare to lethal injection today. Yeah, yeah, that was your punishment for doing, do, doing the crime. But, but we don't see people walking around with crosses 
on their shoulder. But then understand, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you must die. Don't miss this. Not just willing to die, but die. Because a lot of people come to church every Sunday that claim to have the will. Oh, but they won't do it. They won't do it. Y'all, that, 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 that cross that Jesus is talking about here, that cross represented sin. And we all have a cross. Let me say that again. We all have a cross. But the reality of it is, the Lord doesn't expect us just to carry the cross around. Sooner or later, you gotta die. Y'all ain't with me yet. Read, read for me. Let, me. let me see if I can break this down. Read for me uh, Philippians, um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. What does Peter say? And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. The, 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 the cross, the cross, uh, the cross, the cross represented uh, 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 his, his, his death. But he had, he bore, he didn't have no sin. He took our sin and put it on the cross. The cross represented two things, sin and death. And Peter says, he bore our sin, not his, but ours, and took a cross and died. Read. So that me might die to sin and live for righteousness. Okay, 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 okay. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? He died so that we can live. Go to Romans uh, chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. He died so we can live. Don't miss this, y'all. The fact of the matter is to be a disciple of Christ. You got to bear the cross. You have to die because you'll never live until you die. Amen. Amen. So what does that look like? What does that look like? That, that, what is that? Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. What does the Bible say? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Read. Are we to continue in sin yes. so that grace may, be, may increase? God forbid, read. May it never be. Yes. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Look at this. Hold on a minute. How, hold on. Hold on. Bearing the cross means that represents death. He says, how shall we who died? Now, 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 understand. Now, understand why you still alive. You got to die. You know, I tell people. Ain't nothing wrong with dying. You know why? Because you ain't got to die but once. Amen. Nothing wrong with. It'd be different if you had to do it over and over again. But you 
wrong with dying. The key to it is die right. <laughs> die right. Because if you die right the first time when they stretch you out over here, that don't mean nothing. Because of sin of man, this body got to go back to the dust. Ain't nothing we can do about that. I done messed that up a long time ago. We got to give up this body. But I start to tell you, if you die in Christ, you'll never die. How about that? Read, 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 read. How do we die in Christ? Or, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ. <laughs> Say that again. How do we die in Christ? Been baptized into been Christ. baptized. Y'all, that's, that's the thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the thing about us sharing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that we literally take part in his death. When we're baptized. We die to sin. I'm trying to help somebody. Because you've been carrying that cross around. Because folk been telling you, child, that's just your cross. And you just got to bear it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You ain't got to walk around looking like you about to die. No, be baptized into Christ. Not in the water. Because what I've come to discover is a lot of people been baptized in the water they ain't, that ain't in Christ. Old preacher used to say it like this. They went down a wet devil. I mean a dry devil. They came up a wet devil. He says, this death that we take on, this cross that we have to bear still requires that we die. That we die. And it's only Jesus that brings about life after death. Do you not know? Once you get life, You'll never die. Cancer can't kill life. Diabetes can't kill life. A car, a gun can't. Look at Jesus hanging on the cross. Because the fact of the matter, based on what he went through before he got to the cross, he should have been dead. Based on the beating that they gave him and how they ripped his skin off his body, he should have been dead. No modern man could have gone through what he went through on his way to Calvary. And then, and then, and then crucifixion caused one to suffocate and he should have suffocated himself to death. But the fact about it is, you can't kill life. That's why the Bible says he gave up the ghost because he died when he got ready to die. And the good news is even when he closed his eyes and locked his head within his shoulder, he wasn't dead. <laughs> he couldn't have been dead. 
Okay, he had no life in his body, but still he's God yeah. in the flesh. And he, he can't die. And if he can't die and he gives you eternal life, guess what happens to you? So that means take this body and, and plant it in a grave and let the skin worms and the, and, and the ants come and eat up my flesh. Let my bone deteriorate. But because I've died and risen in Christ, I'll live forever. And if you ain't figured out nothing to shout about all day, you ought to shout about the fact that we have eternal life. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. He says, he says, he says, the cost, the cost requires you to, 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 to give up uh, uh, several times with those that are closest to you. But then he also uh, says that you have to be you, not willing to die. You have to die. You have to die. And follow me. And follow me. Unless you die and follow me, he says you cannot be my disciple. But then I'm done, y'all. Drop down to verse number 33. Verse number 33, he says, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all. Uh, he dealt with family that stands in our way. And you know, even, even under the category of family, he also tells us that we stand in the way sometimes worse than family. Amen. Because a lot of times, we'll forsake the Lord because of us. I never understood why it is that we can have the smallest thing to hurt on us and we won't come to church. How many times you have gone to school and to work with a headache? He said he done start meddling. He done start preaching and start meddling. Jesus says, he says, you have to be willing to Forsake everything. Not just everybody, but everything. Everything. <laughs> I just I just I just was wondering last Sunday. How many of us, how many of us had to get up and get out of here uh, right before twelve o'clock? <laughs> oh y'all know where I'm going with this. Because, because we have love for the boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I might not call out what it is that you do, but God knows what it is that stands between you and him. And it might not be people. It might be things. Because we are people that like things. Amen. Lord forbid 
if one of the department stores would have announced a doorbuster this morning at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and if it was the right department store and the sale was right, where would you have been this morning? Well, I come to night service. And for some of us, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. They cut night service out because I can't do some of the things in the day. mm. Bad preacher. He says, you have to forsake. Quickly go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. He says, you have to forsake everything. Things are our biggest problems. Because for some reason, we feel as if the more we have, the less we need. Some of the most miserable people have everything. Stuff won't make you because you never can't get enough it's always something else you want and you're not satisfied until you get it listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 beginning verse number 7 and we're going to be done with this Philippians chapter 3 verse number 7 what does the Bible say but what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ Paul says, I got, a, I got some stuff along my life's journey. I've, 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 I've acquired uh, 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 some stuff, whether it be uh, uh, educational, religious, whether, whether it be uh, financially, whether it be tangible. Uh, some, of, some of the stuff that I have is lost to gain Christ. Read. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Look at that. He says, for me to know more about Jesus, I give it all up. I give it all up. It makes me wonder today, how much would you sacrifice to come to church? (laughs) Just to come to church. Because most of our relationships with the Lord is all what we get at church. Oh, y'all come on in this house this morning. You ain't prayed all week. Amen. You ain't sung a hymn all week. You ain't opened your Bible all week. And the most of God you get is at church. That's, that's all you get. Why don't you come? You ain't got to say it, man. Just say ouch. <laughs> if that's all the Jesus you get, why would you forsake the assembly? He says the problem that we have with our discipleship is we got too much stuff. Read. 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He says, so I can win him, so that I can know him, I get rid of it all. I wonder this morning, what would you be willing to get rid of to develop a better relationship with the Lord? What is it that stands between you and the Lord that causes it to be difficult for the Lord to see you as a disciple. Y'all don't miss this. He says that if uh, you don't forsake everything, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be my, my disciple. And do understand discipleship is further than membership. Amen. See, Brother, Brother Hamilton did a, uh, a class on this a couple of weeks ago, and one of the problems uh, that we have and we've been taught is the importance of membership. And what we've done is baptize a whole lot of people, and you've become members of the Church of Christ, but you're not following Jesus. If you're not following Jesus. Why? Because there are people that are close to you that stand in the way. And it's not until that sword of the Lord severs that tie can you let Jesus in. Y'all, God wants to bless you. He wants you to have some of the things that you've been asking for and that your heart desires. But you're chilling in the way. The reason he's having a hard time getting to you is because of them. Because of family members, your mother, who's the most important thing. You know, it always, it, it, it bothered me when I used to hear uh, parents say that I just live to see my children graduate. Well, what are you going to live for after they graduate? If that's all your life means to you is to see your children get grown and on their own. Is that all life is? Are you ready to die afterwards? But then you say, no, I live in Christ. That don't even make sense. I live in Christ, but I live for them. He says, he says you have to suffer sometimes. But then he also says that you got to be not just willing to die. You got to die. You got to die. You got to, you got to, you got to, to bear your cross. And the good news is you ain't got to bear it all of your life. Oh, you, you just got to bear it long enough to die on it. Yeah. Because when you die to sin, guess what? You give up the cross. What that mean, preacher? That means you don't need it no more. And the real reason some of us having a hard time following Jesus is because we carry too much stuff that we should have left behind. Mm. If you've been baptized and you've had your sin washed away, 
Stop bearing the cross. You don't need it no more. You got Jesus now. He says, die. And then just let all that stuff go. Let it all go. Somebody's here and you got some stuff you need to let go. I don't know who you are. I don't know what it is. But you know. And you know that you've been carrying it so long that all it's doing is slowing you down and keeping you from having the right relationship with Jesus. My message to you today is let it go. Let it go. That's what forsake means. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Because that's the weapon that the devil chooses to use to weigh you down. But let me tell you something. The devil can't weigh me down when I can give it to Jesus. Somebody missed that. I said, the devil can't weigh you. But James, you don't understand. It's heavy. And it's going to be heavy as long as you keep carrying it. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I mean, why are you going to carry something? And you're not ready to die. Praise Jesus. Y'all come on. Y'all come on. Let me be done this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and, 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 and you're just tired. You're just tired. You're just sick and tired of being uh, sick and tired. Uh, don't, don't leave here like that. Because you don't have to. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. He died so we can live. Now y'all don't miss this. If he died so we can live, why are we living dead? Amen. I mean, it's sad to see people of God walking around looking like your graveyard you can't let your light shine and you looking like darkness now he died that we can live so that when we die we arise and have everlasting life so maybe you're here and you're carrying your cross because you haven't died yet. Then die. Die today. Die today. Be buried today. See, that's the thing about that cross. You can get rid of it. If you just go on and die on it. What does that mean? That means give up sin. Stop living a life of sin. Live a life of Christ.